This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life. Only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I've got Heather Monahan with us. Heather, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you. Got a heck of a story, and uh, I look forward to our listeners getting to hear that story. So, uh, you know, every week at the Circuit of Success, we have people tune in, and we want to give you the best tips and tools uh, to help you achieve a future greater than your past. And I couldn't help but think of your story and how we're going to hopefully help so many people here today have a future greater than their past. But uh, speaking of past, I always like to start with that thing that made you the woman you are today. You obviously don't just wake up and get to help people create confidence and all the stuff that we'll talk about. So could you maybe just give us a little backstory? Who is Heather Monahan and uh, what's helped make you the woman you are today? Yeah, I grew up poor, one of four kids. My mom was a single mother. She worked three jobs. You know, my childhood was definitely not ideal. And during that time, I was a paper boy. I was a bus boy. I worked at fast food restaurants. Essentially, I ended up becoming a waitress and a bartender. And without knowing it, I was really developing an expertise in sales and customer service. And, and I was completely unaware. And I just asked uh, one of my patrons when I was bartending, hey, who do you work for? Because he drove the nicest BMW. And he said, oh, yeah. sales. You need to get into sales. And I said, okay, yeah, great. I'll, I guess I'll do that. And so I really just, you know, pursued my paycheck as my guidance in regards to, you know, how I'd grown up and I didn't want to live like that. So I went to work for the Gallo Winery. I became the number one salesperson there the first month uh, or first within the first few months I was there. I got promoted to a brand manager within my first year. I was sexually harassed and I left because back then I really did not feel confident in myself and I just wanted to get out of the situation. And I ended up meeting uh, an individual that owned radio stations. He offered me a job. I went to work for him. I became his top seller the first year and he offered me an equity partnership when I was 23 years old. I moved sight unseen to Saginaw, Michigan, and I ran a $25 million property with the objective being to, you know, three or 10 X revenues and drive massive value for uh, the VC that we were working with and ourselves. And we did that. We uh, grew the value of the operation by 30 million in under three years. And so that really put my name on the map as well as created quite a bit of wealth for me at a, at a young age you know, in regards to business, revenue generation, and leading and and acquiring companies. So I left there and I moved to Florida to go to work for a publicly traded company in media and radio. And I pitched myself for a job that didn't exist, which was VP of sales. And I was awarded that position and I was elevated three or four more times, ultimately becoming the chief revenue officer. And in my tenure there, over 14 years, I was responsible for revenue. When I got there, we were doing 100 million annually. When I left, we were doing in excess of 
215 annually. Nice. So more than double the company's revenues. Yeah, had been promoted a lot and had been revered in that marketplace and industry. I was just named one of the most influential women in radio in 2017. And that's when the CEO I worked for became ill. His daughter took over and she fired me immediately. Ouch. Ouch. So what do you learn from that? You got this unbelievable career going on. And then uh, I, you know, I kind of got some thoughts behind that. But what, what do you learn from that? When somebody comes in and says you're done, even though you were just absolutely crushing it. Well, I mean, listen, there's no room in business for emotion. And that was very much an emotional decision. It was very obvious and apparent to me. And at that point in time, I was 43 years old. And I was taking a step back, observing the situation, thinking, you can't get rid of a chief revenue officer, right. you know. Okay, so I knew it was an emotional one. I knew it was very personal to this woman, you know, whatever anger or hatred she had towards me. And so I leveraged that moment to not do what she was trying to intimidate me to do, which was to sign away my rights to ever discuss what had happened at the company. And I had been in those meetings many times. She would offer people mm -hmm. a big check for their silence. And she was, you know, doubling down on the fact that she was certain I would take the check. And I pushed the memos back to her. I pushed the check back to her. And I said, I'm not signing anything. I'm not taking anything. And if you don't have anything else to say to me, I'm out of here. And I left. And, you know, it was over the next couple of weeks that I made the very scary decision to go to work for myself and, and to leave, you know, corporate America behind. Yeah. And that's kind of the thought that came into my mind, right? Is, is when I think about some of the stuff you do, the things that we do is bet on yourself, right? Is is anytime your hands are in the, or your, I guess your career, your future is in the hands of somebody else, you never know what's going to happen, right? And so uh, that whole future greater than your past thing we always talk about here at our firm, I think is so true is now you are creating your future. Fair? I mean, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I look back on in, in those 14 years when I was there, I'm proud of a lot of things that I did. However, I'm not proud of I would stand up and voice my opinion and, and, you know, I would stand up and really be a champion for change in the industry and the company I was working within. And I was told to be silent very often and it frustrated me like crazy. However, not enough to leave. And that's the one thing I look back on. Wow, I should have left there a long time ago when I realized that I was the driver for change. I was the driver for growth. I wait a minute. Why was I driving all this and meeting all these obstacles? Why didn't I just go drive for myself where I wouldn't stop myself or prevent myself from innovating? Yeah, but don't you think it's easier said than done, right? Because if you were probably, I would assume you're making good money and that thing was not on autopilot. Obviously, you were grinding and working hard, but that income is scared to then bet on yourself, leave, go over here and, and, and try to do it on your own. Well, here's what I didn't know and it's important for others to know is that you think because you're in this well-lit place called corporate America and it looks yeah. so linear and it looks so obvious, I'm such a great example that it isn't, right? Because leadership can change. The CEO I had worked for for 14 years disappeared overnight. And right. the minute he replaced himself with someone who was my arch nemesis, my dynamic and value in the company disappeared. So in fact, when you are working in corporate America, there is no guarantee. There's zero. And, and that realization that wow, I falsely was believing I was safe because I'm a producer that of course yeah. I, I'm invaluable. No, you're, nobody is. And it really just depends who happened. You know, your company can be sold tomorrow. The industry can be, you know, rendered irrelevant in a day just based upon what's happening with technology or 
you know, a pandemic or whatever it may be, all those things are out of your control. The only time you're really in control is when you work for yourself. That's right. And so you are the uh, author of Confidence Creator, uh, a book. You are, uh, you have a podcast called Creating Confidence. And so uh, obviously confidence is very important in, in your world because you're writing about it and talking about it every single week. And so, but, but what about the times when you don't feel confident? And so I know that you said you weren't always a confident person, all that stuff. So for that listener out there that maybe is lacking a little bit of confidence to bet on themselves to make that jump, uh, you know, come to an independent side of things or to, to write the book or whatever it is, right? How, how did you help yourself and how can you help our listeners create that confidence first? Well, number one for me, I journaled for so much of my life. So anytime I hit a tough time, when the pandemic hit, I went and pulled my 0809 journals and I wanted to look back. How did I lead, you know, during, during the economic downturn and recession? How, what did I do right and what did I do wrong that now I can do differently given, you know, we're in a different situation. Yeah. However, there's tremendous similarities in regards to, you know, panic and making cuts across companies and how can you grow when everyone else is, is declining. So I really immerse myself in how, what my behaviors were in negative situations situations or downtime so that I can learn from them and leverage them to, you know, capitalize on whatever that fear or challenge or, or question is that I'm, that I'm facing. So the more that you kind of get to know yourself, because that's what journaling did for me, the more you begin to hear your own voice, the more you begin to tune out other people and really listen to you and pursue the things that are important to you. And the more you take small steps towards that, you really build up momentum, which gets the flywheel spinning. I couldn't agree more. If you can see right back there, there's my journals. That's like there's five or six of them back there that I think it was August of 2005. And then I carry that one with me everywhere I go. I think it's, it's critically important. The people listening to the show every week hear me talk about strategic think time, why it's so important to journal. And I couldn't agree more. I love the fact that you went back to your 08, 09 and try to learn from that, right? Because history does repeat itself sometimes. And let's find out the things you did great, find out the things you didn't do well, learn from it and adapt. Because right now, so many of us, our worlds uh, have changed, right? With this whole COVID thing. And especially for somebody like yourself, you're speaking all over the world and you're doing these things and helping corporate America. Well, that's done, right? That's, that's done right now. And so what did you do to adapt? Uh, like what's an example of something maybe you've done, have done a, you know, a kind of a 180 to reverse what's going on right now? What did you do to change? Yeah, my primary revenue stream was, was my speaking engagements, and that disappeared literally overnight. I had a yeah. speaking engagement on a Tuesday, and by Thursday, everything was canceled. So the good news is I've seen this movie before, right? I got fired from a chief revenue officer position. So one day I saw my life yeah. as one way, and the next day it wasn't. So I thought, okay, I'm actually equipped for this. You know, so you kind of reframe the way that you see it doing nothing and panicking. I used to be a lifeguard, you know, it doesn't work, right? So the, the right, people right. that win in stressful situations are the ones that can take a deep breath and, a, and take an analysis of the entire situation, identify the challenges and the opportunities and move quickly. Speed to market is critical. So I got on my Peloton uh, as the, you know, we were put on full quarantine, my 13 year old son and myself and I come up with my best ideas when I exercise. Some people, it's when they meditate. Some people, it's when they brainstorm. You need to know yourself again and yep. say, okay, when I'm nervous, when I'm stressed, how do I come up with answers? I jump on a bike. And so I did that for the first couple of days. I put in a lot of time and boom, it hit me. I, I was on the bike and I thought, how can I deliver? I was looking at this instructor in my face, right? And right. they're instructing virtually. And I'm like, wait a minute. 
this didn't used to be a thing. I didn't even used to own a Peloton. This used to be a bike in a studio. But some of these instructors had a talent or an ability to connect through this camera. That's I right. wonder if I have that ability, right? And so as I was biking, I started thinking, okay, could I, how can I take my message through the computer? What do I need to do? How do I need to show up to make that happen? How can I leverage a unique and different experience so people will pay me a higher ticket value? You know, how can I make this work? So the first thing I did was I started offering to do virtual speeches for free, yep. which I got some because I wanted to have testimonials and evidence. I wanted social proof that, yeah, I actually can convert through this. So even though I had thousands of reviews of my in-person speaking, I knew it was going to be different. So I got um, a couple of testimonials right away and then I started marketing on social media. Wow, you know, so grateful for this new testimony that just came out. If you're ever nervous about promoting yourself, always leverage the testimonials that you get. This one that I just did a virtual speech for, blah, blah, blah. And then I used all the appropriate hashtags. And so I started yeah. getting people reaching out to me, right? And while that was happening, I was thinking, you know what, I, I knew that the fee for the computer speaking versus in person would be less. So I thought I need one more revenue stream to try to patch this together. How can I answer the problems that my audience has in a way through the computer? And it hit me, I, I knew I always get DMs. Can you mentor me? Could you coach me? But I right. never had time because I traveled so often. And so I just put a post up on LinkedIn again. Hey, I'm gonna offer my first ever mentoring program. I'm only accepting 10 people. This is going to start on May 1st, and it may be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'm not sure if I'll continue it, but I can guarantee results, and I'll do a money-back guarantee. And so I did that. It went unbelievable, and it keeps building and evolving each month since then, and it's actually become a big part of my business now. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. Good for you. And, uh, and who knows? Maybe you stop traveling so much and just continue doing that, right? I, I mean, that's what everyone says to me, right? You have, you know, you never leave the house, but now I've been in this whole quarantine yeah. situation like, long enough that I'm like, wait house. a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually really happy to get on an airplane or go somewhere. So I, I don't know. We'll see, but I'm open-minded to at least acknowledging that a piece of my business will always be online where before I wasn't, I didn't even realize that potential. Well, we're two for two journals and Peloton. My Peloton, if I move my camera, it's like right there. So, uh, Who's your go-to? Who's your go-to uh, instructor? So I just had Allie Love on my podcast. Oh, yeah. I think she's she's such a great person and such an inspiration. I love Cody Rigsby because he makes me laugh hysterically, and then Alex Toussaint because he pushes me so hard. Yeah, that's awesome. Rebecca Kennedy was on the podcast uh, on this one, and then uh, Krista McGee is coming on in a couple of weeks. So excited nice. to have uh, both of them. Yeah. So very cool. So um, talk to us about fear because obviously fear can get in the way of confidence, I believe. And so if, uh, if fear, false evidence appearing real, um, how many of the fears you put in your mind have actually blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? Oh my gosh. The first thing that comes to mind was when I was giving my TEDx talk in November, you know, a few months back. I, as much as I've spoken on many stages, this one was different because you can't leave this little red circle. You're, mm. The whole goal that you have is that this video that's being captured is going to go viral and you know right. change your speaking business in your life. And there's this inordinate amount of pressure on what you're doing in that 10 minute window versus when you get up to give a keynote, people are like, oh, I don't care if you go 45 minutes or, or an hour or Q&A. Yeah. It's a much more free flow kind of be yourself. And that's when you're going to be your 
best is when you're in charge, you trust yourself, you read the room, you know, you really show up with your energy. This is very different. So it's much more contrived and much more directive and controlled. And I, I don't thrive in environments like that. And there was, I, they wanted me to go first. There was just a lot of pressure around it. And that morning they said, hey, everyone, all speakers show up at 8 a.m. Let's do a run through. I was in sweats with, you know, I looked like this, no makeup on. And right. I wasn't in my armor that I go into a situation <laughs> when I'm, right. I'm ready. Like my hair's done, my makeup's done, my red dress is on, my music is going. Like I have a routine that I get into yeah. that once I, once I enter the routine, watch out, I'm unstoppable. I didn't do that routine. I just, you know, showed up. And they said, hop on stage, Heather. And I did. And they said, give your speech. And I wasn't prepared and I started, I was a few sentences in and I just stopped. And the man in charge started laughing. He thought I was kidding and I wasn't kidding. And he said, oh, you're such a pain, Heather. All right, fine, get off. We're fine, sound checks pass, whatever. And there was a speaking coach there who I didn't use. And she said, well, you're just like a friend of mine that went into the NFL and he got an opportunity to you know, get the, the kick and, and uh, he missed it. And I just, I was about to break in that moment. The fear was so overwhelming. I was so shocked at what had just happened that I had choked. I've never done that before. Yep. And I just said to this woman, you know, I always say fire your villains. And in that moment, she was a villain to me. I said, listen, your words are not helping me. I'm leaving and I'm gonna go find some people that can help me. And sure. I went to the hotel and there was the, the guy that does my hair, who's my friend, and the woman that does my makeup, who's my friend, who knows me. And we were just, you know, I'm like, guys, I'm freaking out. I think I'm gonna blow it. You know, all my self-doubt, sure. I just emptied my cup and they were like, oh no, they're gonna fill it right back up with the, you know, and they were like, remember when you were scared to write your book? Remember when you did this, remember when, and they were cheering me on and it really worked. And then I yep. fired up my Kanye West because I have this whole playlist that I play anytime I'm going into something major. <sighs> And the minute I do that, it's like, you know, Game it, on. it's flipping a switch. Yeah, it just, it yeah. changes everything. And luckily I'm so grateful. I was able to give a really great TEDx talk and I got promoted to TED and it's doing really well. That's awesome. So I think the, the, the key to that is, is that the fear you put in your mind um, didn't actually ever appear or didn't actually come true to the magnitude you put it in your mind to be, right? Because you had all this it stuff that morning. Did. That it, it almost did. It almost did though. Right. It almost did, but one of the, I'll tell you, so a couple of things that I did that people can apply to their life, fired my villain in that situation, get yep. away from negative like people, that. right? Cause you can't afford, you can't afford to have anyone negatively impact your thoughts when you need to overcome something challenging. So fi fire the villain. Next thing I did is I went near people that I knew not only would support me, but would challenge me to grow and stretch me. And that's really important. You don't want someone just saying, oh, it's okay. You need someone to say, oh, hell no, this is not going down like this. Right. No, 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 you've worked too hard. So I found those right people. And, and also I had done the work, right? I had practiced ad nauseum. So that's yeah. another important part. Like I did the work, I knew my material. I, I had put the hours in and then I leave notes on the bottom of my shoes. I can, and I will. And when I was writing it, I'm writing it like pissed off. Like I will, no ah. one will stop me. And then I listen to my playlist. I smell lavender because that's very calming for me. And it helps me to cut the fear, you know, a little bit, just to, enough so that I can overcome it. And yep. then I got up to the stage, the corner, and they said, okay, next we're going to have Heather Monaghan walk out here. And in that one second, I, I clenched for a second and I thought, and I closed my eyes and I said, if you don't walk out there right now, you'll never forgive yourself. If you go out there and blow it, I will be so proud of you. 
And that was it. Once I took that pressure off myself, I just right. started walking and I never looked back and those 10 minutes were over in a moment, but I was so, I knew I was just going to be so proud that I took that stage. And in any moment you're either creating confidence for yourself or you're chipping away at it. And I knew if I didn't walk out, I was going to crush my confidence. But if I went out there and I didn't do great, that's okay. I'll get another Ted talk. I'll that's make right. it work next time. That's right. Well, congrats. So you crushed it. You went out there and did your thing. So talk to us about the confidence. Again, podcast, Creating Confidence, the book, Confidence Creator. Um, talk to us about that. How do I become more confident? And I think before we go there, maybe answer this question as well. Difference between confidence and arrogance. Agree? Oh, there's a huge difference. Let's hear it from the, the expert on creating confidence. Let's hear it. Yeah, so I've been both, right? So I always like to liken things back to my own experience because that's how I can best understand it. And when I was younger, I was not confident at all, but I would hide it with being the loudest in the room. I'd hide it by pretending the most. I'd hide it by wearing a mask that people didn't know I had mm. on. Other people might not have known it, but some people spotted me a million miles away and would say, oh, gosh, you're trying a little hard, aren't you? Or is that really how you feel? You know, a couple people saw me for who I really was, but most people didn't because people are busy and, you know, they're right. doing their own thing and they notice you a little bit. But what I've learned is an arrogant person is actually the person in the room who is the most insecure, that struggles the most with their confidence. They're not someone who's overly confident. That's not, that's not a thing, right? right? I don't, I don't believe you can be overly confident. You're just wholly confident and that's amazing. And yeah, it'll ebb and flow and it's not going to stay like that forever. But if you're in that moment at that time, I'll be there cheering you on. An arrogant person is someone who's trying to hide their lack of confidence. Mm. That's good. And it's very true, isn't it? Gosh, it's so true. So what are the steps you take when you're, you're coaching somebody, you're speaking? What are the things that you can talk to our listeners about right now? Is there one, three, five things that you have people do to create that confidence? I'm a big fan of it's not a one fit for everybody, right? And, and yeah. let's start with this one. Some people have a true villain in their life, like they're married to one. And I've seen this with people. If you are with someone in close proximity that is constantly berating you and putting you down and you're just allowing that to happen, you will never become confident. Okay, that's not going to work out. Now, then there's so you have to fire that villain yep. and or create boundaries or what, you know, whatever plan you're going to have in place to change that situation. Because until you change that, you're teaching other people how to treat you, which has a domino effect and will affect your children and your neighbors and your friends and everybody else, right? And how you talk to yourself and the, the narrative you're running in your mind. So some people have that. Some people, they are their own worst villain and they don't have one in there. They have people cheering them on and encouraging them, right. but they're constantly saying, you're not good enough. You can't do this. You yeah, blew it Self-sabotage. There's a lot of people like that. And so, you know, it's about let's write down the way we would talk to ourselves. How would you say this and convey this message to your child, your best friend? Well, of course, their tone changes. Their, you know, the, the yeah. way that their word choices change. So it's about rewriting that narrative and then reading it back with frequency to sell yourself on it. This is the new way I'm going to handle this. A therapist said to me a long time ago when I would beat myself up, she said, how's that working out for you? I said, oh my gosh, not good. Because I keep coming back to this place, right? So if, if we don't like the outcome that we're getting, we've got to change the process that's happening ahead of time. And so rewrite that narrative, do it with frequency. I'm a big fan of, you know, fake it till you make it. I channel somebody else. And I learned this from, uh, Beyonce does this with her persona, Sasha Fierce, that she channels when she takes the stage. She doesn't feel her most confident or powerful. So she, you know, pictures this woman, this image that yeah. she has. And so I, I've done that many times, you know, the most 
confident I'll ever be is when I'm the real me, flaws and all. But sometimes just to get myself into the situation, I have to say, how would this person handle it? Okay, I can feel that strength. I'm going to lead with that right now to get me over that initial fear. I've also chosen to see fear as a green light that means go. And anytime I feel fear, I know I mean, I got to accelerate. I got to hit the gas pedal and go right through it because I'm going to find what I'm looking for on that other side. Amen. Have you read the book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway? No. Uh, it's a great book. It's an oldie but a goodie. I can't think uh, who the author is. Uh, I can't see that far away. It's on my bookshelf there. But uh, anyway, it's a great book. Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. So you may want to check it out. Our listeners, check it out. Great book. Um, so I think that's so true, all that, everything you said there. But there, there are certainly days, though, that you don't feel confident. So that's when you go to your alter ego, if you will, and, and, and do that. And so is visualization, is, is planning, I mean, is part of that, is that, I mean, how big is that important to that in, in your life? I mean, it's really important to me. I also believe, as we said before, it's not one prescription for everyone, right? Some people are like, visualize, I'm not doing that. That's crazy. Right. And if that's how you feel, that's okay. I don't think you should have to force someone. This is the only way you're going to get there. Start with baby steps and start tracking your progress, you know, and maybe you're starting with practicing gratitude each day to kind of shift your perspective on things. Maybe you're starting to open your mind to things slowly that, oh, I never thought about that. I'll begin to change that and try that. Yeah. And then through time, you'll start to say, oh, maybe I should try this visualizing thing. If these other things worked, maybe this will too. And when I was in corporate America, I thought that was a woo-woo kind of crazy hippie thing. But here I am, you know, only a couple years later, and I believe wholeheartedly in visualization. I've seen it pan out in my life. I've seen it pan out in others. And if you're going to sit around and visualize a negative life of failure for you, you're going to find it. And if you're going to sit around and plan out a life that's going to be amazing and take action against it, you're going to have a really good life. Yeah. And be careful what you put out there, right? What you put in the universe, you're going to get back. And so it talks, I have four boys and my wife and I are big proponents of that, that, that you know, if you say, oh, I can't put my seatbelt on. Yeah, you're right. If you can, you can, if you can't, you can't. Right. And so I think it's just so important. It's critically important. I think on the things that we say out loud and I say out loud using air quotes here to myself in my own mind, very, very, very dangerous spot, right? The, 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 some of the biggest weaknesses people have are right here between our two ears and it's our own mind. And so I think we got to be very careful on how we talk to ourselves. So um, what's one of the habits, if, if I were to father, uh, father you, you already had a father, if I were to follow Heather Monahan around for a day, what are some of the things that I would see day in and day out are happening in your life, your habits? work ethic. I mean, I work harder than anyone I know. And I will say this, it's not new, right? I, I've always worked really, really sure. hard. But in order to be successful as an entrepreneur or a first time anything, you're a rookie, you're going to make mistakes. And it's about, you know, accepting those things and continuing to push through. I, I'm constantly learning as this rookie entrepreneur, I'm constantly failing. And I'm always pivoting and reevaluating. Okay, was that time best spent that i been a guest on a lot of podcasts. Is that pain? What's the ROI? Like I'm always evaluating and trying to learn from any data that I can find. Is this a good use of my time or not? Because while you may be very busy, you might not be, you know, putting your hours towards something that's productive and delivering the returns you're looking for. So constantly evaluating, I'm constantly going through my to-do list, my goal list. Is this next action step working me towards something? Where is this taking me? I like it. So the ha uh, talking about habits and stuff like that, the circuits of success are, are your attitude, your actions, your belief system uh, uh, ultimately gets your results. So let's kind of rapid fire on some of this. When you, when I, when you hear the word success, how would you define it? And, and what, what comes to mind when you hear the word success? 
health right now, right? Health and sanity are everything yeah. right now. Belief in oneself so that even though you're in, in uncertain times, you have certainty within you. That's what I've really been, you know, working with myself on. I can control nothing around me that's happening in the world. I have no idea how long we're in this situation or what's happening tomorrow, but I do believe in me. And no matter what gets served up out there, I'm going to figure out a way to make it work for me, overcome it and survive it and thrive as a result of it. So really finding that certainty within yourself is so critical right now. So talk about sleep habits. Are you a big advocate for that? Are you focused on sleep? I mean, if you hear from some of the, the, the greatest, whether it's athletes, entertainers, uh, you know, business leaders, uh, sleep is a big focus. Is that a focus of yours? I mean, listen, there's basics in life, right? Like eat healthy, work out right. and sleep. We, we know and take some vitamins. Right. All right. You know, this is, we know these are the right things to do. However, but they're hard I, to know, do, right? Well, no, they're not prioritized, but I also, I'll go back to, I have so many things going on right now that sometimes at night after I clean up from dinner, I just want to sit down and watch TV and, and calm down for a moment and detach from the world. And should I possibly go to bed? Maybe, but you know what, for me, I also want to know I had that break because it makes me feel, oh, okay, it wasn't just work, work, work and take care of this. So I think you have to make that decision for yourself. Do I advocate only getting a few hours of sleep a night? Heck no, you need to get sleep so that you're thinking right. clearly and, and your body's healthy. But at the same time, I cut myself some slack. I'm not always doing the diet perfect or the workout perfect right. or the sleep perfect, but I definitely choose to lead an overly all healthy lifestyle and, and do the best I can with yeah. it. Very good. Uh, so fitness, you said it there. Is that a big part of your life? I mean, you exercise quite a bit. You, you mostly Peloton only or do you do other stuff as well? Well, no, I mean, now that they started letting us out about yeah. a month ago. And so I started meeting a trainer at the park just because I wanted to be outside and I wanted to do something different. You know, I had been doing the Peloton straight only for right. whatever, eight or 10 weeks. And that was really getting old. So no workouts always my entire life. I played sports as a kid and as an adult, I, I always have some type of athletic endeavor every day. I like it. I take your phone from you. So I steal that cell phone that, you know, we always got have gripped in our hands here. What's besides email, because this is boring. Uh, what's the one app you hope I don't uh, delete from your phone? Oh my gosh, LinkedIn, zero. But my business would go out the window and I'd have to pivot and start an email marketing business, uh, which would be a pain. So LinkedIn, so that's a pretty big deal for you. It's huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge. So in the past, year i've had 10 million views on my linkedin page and i only really got into linkedin four years ago but i'll tell you the things i learned it was gary vaynerchuk that taught me this in november i was on his show he told me i needed to increase my frequency of posting i was posting once or twice a day he said go to 15 which is really high wow. frequency it's a lot of work leveraging the trending hashtags and the hashtags that are relevant to your business and the audience you're looking to target really capitalizing on your keywords on your profile so that when people are searching for speakers, my profile says speaker right on it so that people are drawn for what it is that you want to be known for, making sure you're updating your testimonials, requesting people deliver testimonials so you have social proof as to how good and why people should work with you. You know, and this is the place where business gets done. So for me, it's just, it's been such a great, it's been a great platform to be on. That's awesome. How do you know the, the, the hashtags? Like what, what's the way, you know, as you hear that all the time, we put them on our post, but like, how do you know what are the hashtags I need to find that are the most relevant? So you need analytics, right? So I actually use an app 
called Shield. There's a bunch of different ones out there, but you need some type of a tool that's going to evaluate performance on your profile. For Instagram, I use Iconosquare. There's plenty of different options out there, but go ahead and research which is the right tool for you to use. And then you need to actually take time or have someone on your team analyze the data. So there's different, you know, I will, I will check my posts by views. I'll look at my posts by shares, what's being shared the most. I'll look at my posts by hashtags, which ones are doing largest reach versus the hashtags I'm using. Then I'll also just look at scale. And if you go into LinkedIn and just type in hashtag sales, you'll see there's like, what, a 50 million people following it. Okay, that's a great one. That's a really broad one that I want to include. That is my arena. It's what, you know, the business I've been in. I want to use that, but also longer tail type of hashtags are going to hit more of a niche audience. You have more ability to trend in a niche audience than you are going to trend in sales. So when my goal is to be trending in a hashtag, you know, at least a couple times a week, because you're going to reach a much broader new audience and it, it's really effective. And there's a long life on that actual post, which is great for you. It'll bring a lot of people back to your views. So I'm always trying to test and see which hashtags are working best and, and innovate and, and try new ones. That's good. Thank you for that advice. Um, sure. So if you could go back and tell, you know, Heather Monahan something from 10 years ago or, or, you know, 15 years ago, what would you tell that uh, younger version of Heather Monahan? leave now and double down on you today because i i'm i'm not even three years in now and you know i i am so proud of what i've accomplished could you imagine if 10 or 15 years ago right. i went on my own it would be you know game changing so to me realizing i should have been investing in me i should have been doubling down on me i should have been walking out on that ledge and jumping because i knew that while i didn't see what was beneath me i would find a way to make it work and I needed that push that I wasn't giving myself back then. So I, that's the piece of advice I, you know, double down on you, go all in on you, invest in you and know that you are not safe if you're in corporate America. That's right. It's funny. I just had that conversation today with somebody that called that wanted to talk about joining our firm. And I told that individual, I said, you just got to bet on yourself. Right. And, uh, but it's not easy for everybody. And so maybe they need to uh, read your book to create some confidence and then they, they make that leap. So, uh, how you stay a student of the game, obviously you don't just wake up and, you know, not do anything. You got to be a student of the game. You probably got to read, you got to do the things you got to do. How do you do that? Yeah, well, my podcast makes me do it. So one of the things that I do is I'm committed to reading the books of people that I bring on. I'm, I really immerse myself in their work that I've learned so much. My podcast has been out for one year and to have met with so many amazingly successful people and have consumed their content at large before I sit down and actually get to know them and meet them and form a rapport with them. That's really been very helpful. It's accelerated my growth in business. That's great. So uh, talk to us about your book, Confidence Creator. Uh, talk to us about your uh, Creating Confidence uh, podcast. Tell us about those two things. So the book Confidence Creator was the first thing that I did when I got fired. I knew I needed a product to sell and I wanted something that could I could deliver quickly. So I decided to self-publish a book and it started as me just talking about the lady I hated that I fired or that fired me and ultimately became a compilation of my lowest moments and how I learned to leverage confidence through those moments across my entire career and my life and how the reader can too. So it's essentially it's a blueprint of how you can create confidence in any environment, in any challenge, in any situation. That led me to my speaking career, which led me to getting picked up uh, for my podcast, Creating Confidence. And I was told, you're too late to the game. You know, there's too many podcasts out there. So I decided, go big or go home. I want to get Gary Vee as my first guest so I can make a real splash and 
you know, get a decent following. Yeah. And so I tracked down Gary and I made that my first, uh, my first podcast. And then James Altucher was my second and so, so many other great uh, people wow. on the show. And it's really been, it's been a lot of momentum, a lot of work, but it's done. It's number 17 on the entrepreneur chart on Apple podcast. So it's doing really well. Nice work. Well, congrats. Congrats. So where do our Thank listeners you. find more of Heather Monahan? Obviously you said LinkedIn. I assume there's some other places they can go and find more of you. Oh yeah, I'm everywhere. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and my website's heathermonahan.com. My book is on Amazon Audible and my podcast is anywhere you find your podcast. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much, Heather, for being with us uh, this week on the Circuit of Success. It's been awesome being with you and uh, you know, here's to you getting back on an airplane and traveling and going making an impact in the world and things that you do. Same for you and thank you so much. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.